Hey everyone, Punch Card Investing is live and it's 13F season again, the very end of it, of course. We've watched over the last, what, two weeks or so, plus a couple early birds like Charlie Munger who get it out earlier than that. But uh, 13F season is always a wonderful time for us value investor type people and really just investors in general. We could see what the biggest players in the game are doing, at least to some extent. We could see it. Uh, what they're buying, what they're selling, as long as they have to disclose it, which of course they don't always have to on things like 13Fs and other financial disclosures that a lot of people have to make when they make moves and depending on the size of their fund and the size of the bet they're making on a company. Uh, lots of different limitations there, but in general, we can get a really good idea of what a lot of big players are doing and it can be a great source of inspiration for your own investments depending on what you want to do if you're following a shameless cloning approach this is critical it's a critical time of every quarter uh seeing what the big investors you might be cloning are doing so uh before we get into that we'll highlight some of the big 13fs out there that that caught our eye if you guys have any to suggest definitely leave them in the chat and we'll do our best to get to those um but before we do that definitely smash the like button i know we're very early on into the stream but every like counts in it uh, shares this channel to more people with similar interests in value investing and in stock stock investing in general and be sure to subscribe too so you don't miss any future episodes we have one every single week around this time um, we have the whole gang here today which is fantastic but with all the time zone differences it can be kind of a challenge coordinating so this is the time we like to try and go for um so with that said, uh, do we, do we want to dive into, maybe we should recap Monish Pabrai again? We talked about him a bit last week since he uh, definitely took the our, our niche of the value investing world by storm with his massive sell-off of Alibaba and some others as well. Um, so do we want to start with that one? Sure. Not? Let me uh, pull it up real quick. I think it would be quite rude if we didn't start with Monish. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> Here we go. Just, I guess kind of a recap. If you guys by chance didn't hear the news, here's the big one down here. Monish Farai selling um, 77% of his Alibaba holding shortly after buying into it just a couple quarters ago following Charlie Munger. In. Um, so that, that was definitely uh, surprising news to say the least. And we're, uh, I don't think he's offered any clarity on exactly why he did that to this point. Nope. No, very unexpected. And we've got a range of different actions around VABA from kind of three of like five of my favorite super investors. We've got um, Munger buying, Guy Spear holding, and um, Bryce selling all in the same quarter and all people with fairly similar investment strategies, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about it last week and it's like, is this like a weird uh, tax loss harvesting strategy where he's selling it at a loss to maybe buy into it or something else to raise his cost basis um, in some way. Um, well, he wouldn't buy back into Baba unless he's just trying to capture that loss to offset some other gain. Um, something like that, who knows? Uh, could be that there's just some other opportunity that um, caught his eye that doesn't show up on this that we can't see, which is always a chance. Um, so you definitely got to take this with a grain of salt, but still interesting nonetheless that First off, he wouldn't sell off the whole position, only sells off three quarters of it only. Um, that was kind of weird. Uh, but it was also alongside some other pretty big sells here. Um, Rain Industries, Indian Energy Exchange, two of his other larger holdings in India. Um, so a lot of a lot of action for sure. Well, I wanna <clears throat> I wanna reiterate that, 
you know, these, these searching of filings, it's really just a snapshot in time, right? So it's yep. possible he was in the process of liquidating the entire position and we just caught, you know, what, what he held at the end of September. Um, but yeah, very surprising. Super chat. Super chat. ADI. Ooh. Look at that. Hey, he, he's here on time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He hasn't yeah. even eaten yet. I don't yeah, think well, no, he's jogging while he's listening to this. It appears. It's a late dinner. Is he, he's uh, central time zone. So that's, yeah, it's ten o'clock his time, so it's getting <laughs> late for dinner. Mm, Early and often for these legends. Thank you. Dinner's a dollar, two or twenty. The chat rises tonight. Yes, it does. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, Jason. <laughs> Always appreciate the support and your clear wit in the chat. What a guy! One of a kind. I love him. Anything else on Monish that I, we're kind of just reviewing what we already talked about yesterday, but any new insights perhaps or thoughts on the matter? Yeah. If I had to, if I had to really guess, um, gun to my head, I would say he's probably bought 10 cent, but I kind of thought he was doing that before this happened. So who knows there? And, uh, I think he's probably bought some stuff in Turkey. There's been a few rumors floating around there. Um, maybe there's other things going on as well, but, those, so I think, see, are some big drivers. We did see the big increase in races a couple months ago, so that was something. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's more of a some sort of stock split or something weird happening because he still owns about the same percentage of the company there, but mm, yeah. um, there's been some other new new investments that have been rumored. I know Brad might know a bit more about that. <laughs> Brad was there a few times. <laughs> Brad was with <laughs> Monash as he was doing his due diligence. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the tales are getting uh, more elaborate. He was at the shareholder meeting and or and also a couple of other board meetings before that, right? And and you were in the room, Brad. That's right. Well, you know, uh seeing what Guy Spear did recently, I mean, that seems to me like a likely candidate for what what Pabrai was liquidating Baba for, but uh obviously that's just speculation. Yeah. I'm surprised we, his heritage stake is untouched. Like, no mm -hmm. change at all. That surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm so really surprised by the, the Alibaba sell in general after the whole year kind of promoting this long-term compound of strategy. He buys into the <laughs> first kind of stock that kind of matches that, I guess, and then a couple months later and he's out. So definitely a huge surprise, but... um. Keeping us curious to see what he's doing. Yeah, again, you know, we we don't know exactly what's going on. It might even be a a non investment related decision. So hopefully, we get more clarity about that soon. Or maybe he just knew about these earnings coming up and he called it called it before <laughs> the market. I did see a tweet saying that surely he's got inside information. <laughs> I think people overestimate Pabrai's, uh He's clearly trading the stock. It's obvious he's got his yeah. lines drawn up, yeah. Yeah, he saw the death cross <laughs> and he was out. <laughs> Modish is actually a big technical analysis guy. We, that, that's yeah. his next book, I think. He's just been yeah. masquerading as a value investor the whole time. Yeah, the Dando trader. What do you think Mosaic is about? Like, mosaic. It's all about like looking through the graphs. and yeah. mm. yep. The book that no one's... Found. And he has his he has his lucky dice that he he rolls as well before he makes any decisions. 
Who else should we highlight? Or should we talk about Baba with their recent earnings just while we're on the subject briefly before we get into some more 13Fs? Because they've uh, taken another dive <laughs> recently in Baba's stock. It's down to 140, uh, at least the, the ADR version on the US exchange. Or on, yeah. Um, and yeah, down to 140 a share. Uh, I think when Munger bought in, it was closer to what, like 220 or ish, something around there. So, pretty large dive in a very short period of time, relatively speaking, for an already large company. Um, where is the bottom for Baba? Nobody knows. That's the fun of it. Yeah. Have you guys added anything? <laughs> Holding fast? No. No, I've been I've felt fairly maxed out on the barber allocation after <laughs> buying the dip that kept dipping, I guess, is <laughs> is what probably most of us here did. Um so my my view is if it if it stays down and more cash comes in, maybe I'll buy more in a year or something. But um in the short term, no plans to change that position. Same but that's me this, anyway. I take the silence as concurrence. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't think I'd add more to Barber regardless of what happens. I guess over the extreme long term, if something ridiculous happens, there's always a chance. But for now, I'm definitely maxed out in that position. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, with, the, yeah. with the recent earnings reports, I've actually lost a slight bit of conviction in the idea as well. Nothing like major to make me want to sell or trim or anything, but... The future outlook of the company definitely doesn't look as great as I was originally projecting. Um, but again, a lot of that is yet to be realized as we move forward with the cloud growth and everything else. But certainly a disappointing earnings for Alibaba. Yeah, but Don't you I mean, it, that's looks. one quarter. <laughs> it is one quarter, but the future outlook is more of the takeaway that um, was concerning with management saying that they're expected a pretty large slowdown in growth moving forward, but it's depending on what happens, the three to five years solving that, that really matters. You're not a swing trader, Frank, <laughs> like <No>. Monish. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, oh, who did we just lose? We lost Brad? What happened? Yeah, Brad's overall barber chat. Uh, yeah, he's out of here. He's, he's <laughs> realized he's got to catch another flight to Turkey to go check out more uh, <laughs> rate races information. Um, yeah. Who should we talk about next? I see someone um, mentioned uh, in the chat, uh, David Einhorn. I haven't oh. had a chance to look at, at Einhorn yet. Well, one, mm -hmm. of the, one of the bigger highlights for me was Lilo's 13F. Um, sure. Not sure if you guys have taken a look at that at Himalaya Capital. Obviously, yeah, take a look at him and then we can get to David. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, mostly a Chinese focused fund is my interpretation of what Himalaya Capital did. Like when I first started tracking Lilu, probably only two years, 18 months, two years ago, maybe, um, there were literally zero stocks in his 13F. Like, um, and we've slowly kind of seen more and more, and he's got a number of American companies in there now. Um, and most recent addition was a brand new stock, which was Berkshire Hathaway, of all things. So <laughs> obviously, Lee Lu very close with Charlie Munger. I think they had dinner every Tuesday night for a decade or something up until the pandemic. So um, yeah, reasonable size position right out of the gate. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting one for me as well. Um, curious 
what he how he's kind of thinking about that position, whether it's just a bet against the market in one sense. I guess that's how a lot of people kind of think about Berkshire right now is it's kind of a safe uh, index fund almost type business. Um, so whether or not he's just not seen other opportunities and it's better to have Berkshire than cash, um, or maybe he thinks they're cheap. I would really like to know that one. It, it's kind of it, it. When I first heard this, the, I immediately thought of the Apple position that he recently bought into. I think that was this year as well. Um, in a similar sort of boat, large company, lots of cash. You know, quote unquote safe. You don't expect them to go under anytime soon. Probably won't have massive returns. One would think, um, unless they really beat expectations. Um, but you know, it's a relatively safe company. One would think, sort of like Berkshire. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is part of that theme. It's just kind of like, all right, I don't know what to do in the meantime. Here are some high quality companies with a lot of cash and theoretically not a ton of downside. So we'll go ahead and try that. So it does seem kind of, kind of, I don't want to say weird, but something just doesn't seem, it doesn't scream like, yeah, that's a really great value play. And I yeah, guess it's I'm hard not... to know. Go ahead, Tom. No, you go. <laughs> but just the it's hard to know the actual weightings of these positions and like yeah. how meaningful they really are because we know he owns a lot of stocks in China. Or well, not, I don't know about a lot, but we know he has other positions that we can't see. Um and like you can see the BYD weighting. I'm wondering if all these American stocks are just tiny parts of the portfolio, other than I guess your micron position. But if it's five percent from what we can see, it's probably closer to two or three percent. So it might be rather meaningless which is why I thought it could just be an alternative to cash. But um, again, we, we don't really know without seeing the rest of his portfolio. Mm-hmm. I guess really all of his American holdings are like that. Big, big companies, lots of cash, generally little debt. Is, what is the other? Like, who else I mean, has been buying Berkshire Hathaway? This quarter, Berkshire, I, Warren. I think Berkshire <laughs> and then Lilu and Bloomstrand. That's pretty much it. Yeah, let me uh, take a look. Actually, did yeah, Bloomstrand increase his position? Berkshire. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think um, so that's Berkshire to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Berkshire to me is like um, it sort of is probably one of those stocks that might just make you eight to ten percent for a long time, particularly if the stock stays down and they're able to do a lot of buybacks. And if you can have a fairly certain, you know, high single digit, maybe ten percent return in a world of zero interest rates and really high valuations, I think it makes sense. And not a lot of buyers in Berkshire. We've got to buy us. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, just Lilu and Chris Bloomstrand are the ones they highlight. And Buffett. Yeah, and, and which they're not going to come buy back. None of those were. Yeah, no, nothing none of those sales were meaningful either. Yeah, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> yeah. Just trims by the looks of it to manage their portfolio in different ways, I'd guess. I don't think there's anyone really exiting other than, what's that bottom one, Lee Ainsley? Yeah, zero percent change to the portfolio there. Five million <laughs> shares, though, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's quite a bit. Well, isn't that um, isn't that because Warren Buffett is gifting shares to the foundation yeah, and then they're I, liquidating? I, oh, that oh, they added in the previous quarter. Yeah, I think it's something like that. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, either way, it's a lot of shares moving around. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, go ahead. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the buybacks have been huge. They've spent, I think, $50 billion now over the last couple of years on yeah. share repurchases of Berkshire. Like, um, you know, uh, Rather quite a bit more than their Apple cost basis of $30 billion or something. Hmm. It's, a, it's like one gigantic dividend. The, the silent hidden dividend. Yeah, I don't entirely view it like that, but um, <laughs> I, I know some companies talk about it a bit like returning capital to shareholders. What do you view it like then? Well, it's a, it's an investment. You're you're increasing your ownership in existing businesses and stock positions, and you're buying it. And Berkshire's. I mean, some people, some companies just buy back stock religiously, like Apple. Um, has just said, or for the last few years has said, we want to buy X dollars worth of stock and they don't even think about price. Whereas Berkshire, yeah. it's it's done opportunistically. Like there's been times when they've issued shares in the late 90s and, and around 2000, I think, to buy, um, I want to say national indemnity, but that might be wrong. But they've issued shares at times when it makes sense, when the stock's overvalued, they buy it back when it's undervalued. And yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunistic, opportunistic investment where they think the returns are attractive in my view rather than a capital return like it's definitely not the same yeah as like a dividend where it's pure just cash outflow um but it's it's sort of similar in that it's not it's not like it's going to a capital project or being used to buy some other position it, it, i i think it's closer to how a dividend might feel as an investor compared to a lot of other things. But I see what you're saying for sure. They're definitely not the same. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of different considerations to make for either. Fred's back. Hello. That was a quick flight. Yeah. Yes. He's, a, he's actually always on a plane. This is his private jet cabin. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he always films from it. The indispensable. Is that Ran into some turbulence, lost, lost connection for a second. <laughs> what did i miss we were talking about uh berkshire and and lee lu hmm. was uh, the trigger for that berkshire by cannibalizing itself buying tons of its own stock i and, guess he likes it yeah yeah would anyone buy berkshire at current prices um if cash got if i had too much <laughs> too much cash lying around. What a problem! <laughs> if I, what a if problem! I had, um, Such problems. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd consider it honestly. Yeah, I I would treat it more like an index fund, which is like what Frank was saying with how how it seems like Lilu might be treating it. Just kind of like yeah, throw some here. We'll get market maybe slightly market beating returns. Not expecting a home run, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't think I'd ever own it at um while I'm this young and trying to get kind of high returns in my portfolio, if I was being more defensive, I was reaching retirement age or whatever, it'd be the perfect stock to own. But um, for now, I'm trying to aim well over 15%, which I don't think Berkshire will ever really offer unless we see like a market crash or something like that and it gets extremely cheap. And then at that point, there's probably a lot of other opportunities. Yeah, exactly. More going for anyways. That's fair. Yeah, I mean the the Chris Bloomstrand kind of um, thoughts on this is to use use Berkshire as like a hurdle rate. Like he's got Berkshire's, I think, his largest position, and if he even starts 
remotely thinking about allocating capital elsewhere, he has to be quite convinced it's better than just buying more Berkshire, which um, is an idea I've tried to implement in my own checklist, not necessarily with Berkshire, but with other opportunities. So that's a nice way to view it. And I guess Viacom has uh, cleared that hurdle recently, huh? For is that I think that's what he's been adding recently. Right. Yeah, he added uh, 25% to his position. And, it's his, and I think he it just is, bought it for the first time last quarter too. Might have been when he first bought in. Right, so it's, a, it's his fourth largest holding. So significant. Mm. Yeah, that seems to be the biggest move. <laughs> Ken Ross and gold as well. Seems to be a lot of commodity focus. Exxon here, Valero, Ken Ross Gold, Newmont, another gold company. As much as I like Chris Bloomstrom, uh, Chris Bloomstrom, the commentary and everything else he puts out, he is a very defensive investor that's kind of underperformed for a while now. Um, I don't know. Nothing that he adds kind of gets overly exciting to me. It is these very cheap value plays that I guess it's a it's the strategy follows, and in the long term, it probably tracks the market or slightly outperforms. But it's not something that usually excites me anyway. And that would make sense with all the commodities in there being more defensive, trying to protect against inflation, maybe taking advantage of some supply shortages, dips, and that sort of thing, but nothing that's going to be like world-beating. Yeah, I think he's he runs a very large fund, and I think he's trying to be a bit safe with that capital. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's just the his style of investment either way. Guys, if you want excitement, let's open up Michael Burry. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whirlwind. It's too head, much. It's always head spinning. Yeah. He sold out of Discovery, which was a surprise, but... It doesn't mean much. It, no. Does he still have those uh, Tesla puts that he opened I think he's up? Out of it. Yeah, I good, good, a good thing too. <laughs> that, would, that would have been nasty if he held on Oof. into this quarter. Didn't he sell like like eighteen of his twenty positions or something? Is that something right? ridiculous? I, yeah, I I haven't actually looked, but that's what I've heard people discussing on podcasts. I think CBS stuff. is now his largest holding. CBS, the- he's got equity plus options. What is uh what's Burry's fund again? Scion. Oh, that's right. S C I O N. Yeah, I'm just looking up his 13F myself. Got it on ticker here. This is excitement right here, like. <laughs> if you want like action, the, the the difficult thing about him is like you don't know what's like a hedge against another position, right? Because he because he mixes so many options in here, like you don't know whether yeah, he's it's really int- long or short. It's interesting. His latest thirteen F doesn't show any options. Hmm. Hmm. Usually, he's, th- these things are chock full of calls and puts. He, but. Yeah, he's got rid of a bunch though, right? I think I mean, he's mostly here, in yeah. cash. He's mostly holding cash at the moment. Okay. Yeah, the data Roma one that comes up is much different than what you can see on Ticker. Is that right? Uh, like how so? Well, there's only six positions you can actually see. And it's only the US, US holdings. Space. Yeah. 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 And Guy Spear would have a heart attack looking at that 13F. <laughs> 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 so he bought 
I'm only actually just looking at this at the first time. He bought Lockheed Martin, which looks like like a kind of sizable bet. Yeah, I'd be curious how he's thinking about that one. That's like um, by some metrics, it's probably cheap, but I don't know how I feel about that one long term. But you focus on these just so it's easier to <laughs> easier to take a look at. Again, it's just so hard to know what he's actually doing with these positions and whether there's hedges and all that other th- options and stuff involved that, yeah, it's hard to know what he's doing. Let's take a look at the activity. Like We can get a better idea. Mm, true. Yeah, there so... <laughs> yeah, wow. A lot of weird names, too. Just kind of, mm. it feels so random. Yeah, the other thing he unloaded recently was his Twitter account for like the hundredth time. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, doesn't that, exist that's anymore. Like a, that's like a monthly occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Do I want attention? Do I not want attention? Mm. It's as often as certain countries ban crypto. So, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's some correlation there somewhere. Yeah. Just uh, how about All right, who's should next? We, um, oh, let's do David Einhorn, we, like we were saying. Um, I haven't even looked at that one. Yeah, neither. I recall he was in like GoPro, um, which I took a brief look at it right up on on Value Investors Club last quarter, but couldn't quite get there on it. Um, be interested to see what he did with that. It's another one of these $0.50 cent dollar type ideas. All right, here's David Einhorn. GoPro, no change. There's no real big moves from what I can see. Yeah. Looks like more like rebalancing. Yeah. The one uh, Brian in the chat flagged was this one, Danimer mm. Scientific. Let's yeah, do a uh, – we should do a quick ticker time on that. We got we got Frank here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show us what you got, Frank. So, Put into like work. Yeah. I've never heard of it in my life. It says chem- chemicals. There we go. Pass. That word that starts with <laughs> performance. K. Polymer company <laughs> provides bioplastic replacements for traditional petrochemical-based plastics, and they produce this thing, a biodegradable plastic feedstock alternative used in a range of plastic applications. Alkanoate. <laughs> including oh it's like so it's like water bottle plastic components or something was this a spec i mean it was trading around ten dollars about a right? year ago and then it had all kinds of activity it's only been public for a year and a half hmm. maybe yeah right sustainable plastics i remember reading about this one is that in your is that in your uh, wheelhouse no it's not it's not no you're 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 more in the uh Did that? So that change in shares say plus a thousand percent. Did it? I think so. Around the time of their listing or something, I think though. Okay, plus nine hundred seventy-six percent. Where is it? Down a oh. couple. Weighted average, basically. Oh, there it is. Outstanding. Okay, geez. <laughs> Wild. Probably weird IPO stuff or something. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. The uh. <laughs> yeah, no mm. comments there. What's a ticker time verdict there, Frank? Yeah, Frank, Frank pass. Pass on that word that starts with strong P, buy. <laughs> That's it. Golden cross approaching. L- losing money. 
Tom, right. did you start uh, adding Cliff Source into your Shameless Cloner portfolio? Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I did for the for this 13F update, which is sort of the first run of 13Fs I've had since I made it. Because um, going going into this quarter, I still had like 50% cash in that model portfolio. So um, yeah, still sort of looking for an initial few positions to get that down to zero or very close to zero. Um, and yeah, there was nothing really worth cloning from my like what Jason Afton or investor would call like my Mount Rushmore of super investors. So like Buffett basically did nothing besides buy Berkshire, which is already in there. Alibaba, we got a few different actions there, but that's already on there. Um, and there wasn't that much other action than maybe process from Guy Spear. So um, yeah, went to a slightly wider net to add like a half position. Here's a uh, Cliff Sosen. Hilton Grand right? Vacations. Yeah. So yeah, anyone that doesn't know, Cliff Sosen is actually one I heard of from Jason as well. He's returned. I think he's had his fund for eight or ten years now, so not a huge length of time, but um, his his returns have been crazy. I think he charges like two and twenty, like two percent management, twenty percent for performance fees, and after fees, he's compounded at thirty seven percent a year. Is that for like the last four decade? Oh, yeah, nine or ten years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of that has come from Carvana, um, but he was also buying Party City at like, it went down like 90% or something in March last year, and he was still buying Party City, and that's bounced up a fair bit. So, yeah, interesting investor to follow and very concentrated, has made kind of some adjustments around the edges, but hadn't haven't seen a new stock for a while, and yeah, Hilton Grand Vacations is a is a brand new one and yeah, like mid teen type allocation right off the bat. Has anyone looked into that much? Uh no, um, I've shamelessly cloned it. Shall, shall <laughs> we do I, another I, uh, ticker time real quick? <laughs> yeah, ticker time. You're talking about Hilton, Frank? Yeah, yeah. No. I'm just looking at some of the ticker stuff now. Timeshare company. Yep. There's, well, this there is, is right up on... your alley, Jack. Timeshares. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> there's a there's a re- recent write up on Value Investors Club as well. Okay. I think they've. Uh, this might be a tricky one to analyze in something like ticker because I think they've recently gone through some sort of merger as well. Mm. Just skew a few numbers here. Um, Special situation, huh? So it looks like they have timeshares and they're all, they also manage resorts. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's kind of like multiple, they have like a management arm and then like a, we'll call it a rental arm or something. Mm-hmm. At least that, that would be my guess based on that description. So they made some acquisition for 1.5 billion over the past 12 months. So I guess whatever mm-hmm. that was, is what's appealing, but I yeah. went from two times sales to about 10 times sales since then. So, I guess without knowing much about what that acquisition was, it's hard to make any kind of call. Yeah, presumably coming off a very low 2020 base, though, that sales ratio. Previous to that, it was around two times sales as well. It kind of traded at that for a while. I was just looking at the charts. They have a positive free cash flow, so there's a step. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, can you just... But I think their sales have dropped off a cliff in 2020 as well. Yeah, it looks like Frank, it. So that price-to-sales oh, yeah, ratio yeah. will have jumped up. 
Um, yeah, their net so income wanna, was wanna destroyed. Normalize that a little. Here, let's do a quarterly real quick. See what's happened in the quarter or the last few quarters. It's probably one worth looking into, though, by the sounds of it, just yeah, because Cliff Sison's buying that much. Yeah, it looks like yeah. their their net income re- recovered uh, from their 2020 lows. Here, let me back up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I I, I don't really want to expose Cliff Sison on this live stream, but if anyone really <laughs> feels the need to do some serious digging, you think if you dig hard enough through twitter and things you might be able to find cliff sosen's value investors club account as well which is still quite active um, that's an interesting place to follow but shh, keep it quiet yeah yeah people have got code names and stuff on there i feel like they're trying to stay undercover so we won't give them away <laughs> so it's so weird <laughs> it's like it's like charlie 479 or whatever with um norbert Lou back in the day such a it's such a weird culture <laughs> mm. who else we got yeah who, who else um should we talk should we talk guy spear i mean he did nothing besides something that didn't show up on a 13f but i think that's interesting in its own right i think yeah, that's sure. the most interesting out of all of them to be honest mm-hmm. yeah um, how do I, I don't know if I could display anything because it's not it doesn't show up. Um, I guess if we could find an article. Um, well, let's let's just bask in the glory of his um, ability to just do nothing on his thirteen F. We can look through that. What process? <laughs> so it just doesn't show up. But there is activity. Yeah. yeah. So he went for anyone that doesn't know. He went on a CNBC Pro interview and talked about a whole range of things. And he mentioned in there that he bought process and. Um, I made a video on that, and then the next day, I think someone DM'd me and you, Brad, and sent us like a second guy spear interview. Right, and yeah. he actually mentioned by he actually mentioned very briefly, and I don't know if he was um, if he was saying this just to simplify what he was kind of talking about beforehand, but he actually said he bought Naspers in that second interview, hmm. um, and he was sort of talking about Naspers before he said that, so I don't know if he said, and now it's in my portfolio, just to not have to get into the extra layer of complexity in a story to start talking about process and stuff. But mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. like an interesting kind of side note as well. Well, yeah, Pabrai, all he was talking about was Naspers, right? Obviously he was talking about Tencent as well, but he barely mentions process in his recent Q and A's. So yeah, I think, I think it's probably not wanting to give away exactly what they're doing, but still wanting to kind of talk about the thesis. Because it's such an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so weird. I didn't know that about the Naspers thing. I'm I'm so interested to us whether that was a slip up or if he actually bought both, which would be weird. Don't know. Um Yeah, I, I recorded a podcast with Matt Peterson the other day and covered this topic and it was interesting to kind of get his thoughts on it. Um he was kind of like I think he's kind of in the camp that it doesn't really matter either way. Like you can, you can get a little bit more complexity and a little bigger discount and buy Naspers or a little less complexity and a little less of a discount by process, or you can just buy 10 cents straight up. Um, he doesn't seem to have strong feelings kind of any one of those three ways. But he did buy Naspers, right? But he, but yeah, so he personally went for Naspers, but yeah. Um, yeah. 
he he doesn't think there's really that much in it, especially between NASPERS and process. Maybe buying ten cents straight ups is a slightly different conversation. Hmm. But otherwise, nothing. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a that's thing goals, of beauty, right there. Watching paint dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you bring that up, oh, where are we? Oh, and how glorious does that number of shares held look as well? With all the zeros at the end. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Bank of America ends in a five. <laughs> I can't Damn get behind it. that, but I'm surprised IEX is so high. That's uh I, I just like how he has some Burke A and Burke B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I think IEX is like three X from his uh, initial buy price. Uh, yeah. Become a, a huge lot, chunk. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I'm thinking it's Pabrai who talked him into that, and then Pabrai bailed and <laughs> got burned. <laughs> Hopefully, this is happening again with Alibaba. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He's talked him into that and bailed, and hopefully mm-hmm. now it'll go up. Mm-hmm. Who else? Mm, but I looked at Bill Ackman, but I don't know if anyone else is interested. <laughs> I don't think Bill Ackman didn't do much. He made like one or one or two percent tweaks, right? Yeah, it's just kind of just added to everything. It's kind of yeah. post post uh, um, uh, Universal Music Group acquisition rebalancing, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's news that you know there's something happening at Dontine again, but <laughs> seems like hype. Yeah, you know. we've been we've been down this road before. <laughs> yeah. I um. I'm curious what's going to, first off, they still have that like open lawsuit. And I wonder if that's going to resolve before the spec actually just closes if they don't find a target in time. Um, yeah. Spec land is, is very strange. It's always been strange, but now it's like desolate and strange. It seems, but there's still a lot of money parked in it. Tontine, no exception, even though it's con- come down quite a bit from its high. There was, was a sudden wondering- spike. Yesterday or day before, oh, just went up two percent randomly. So, I was wondering what you guys take on uh, Gates Foundation buying Microsoft. We were talking about it selling Berkshire in passing. How much did they buy? I'm pulling it up. They just bought. (laughs) <laughs> 800 million well they didn't own it right yeah is that a lot directed to the fund it's, uh yeah. three and a half percent so significant but not like not like they're holding in berkshire she's the half berkshire donations maybe he's got insider information <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's he's not running it anymore so I wonder, I wonder how privy he is. I'm sure he's privy to a lot of things, but um, does he even run these positions at all? Like, does he have much to do with this portfolio? No. Does anyone know? That's a good, I don't know. I'd be kind of surprised. It's managed by Cascade. Is it? Yeah, there's a. It is managed by someone else. There's a Cooper Academy. The YouTube channel did a video on this maybe a year or two ago, going mm-hmm. through, um, going through their portfolio, and I think there's an asset manager mentioned in there. 
but it's like mostly in Berkshire Hathaway, and then everything else is bits and pieces. Yeah, with a lot of uh, no, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say with Berkshire type holdings, um, like waste management, Coca Cola. Yeah, I was surprised to see Kansas City Southern as well, a, a rail rail company. Um, that one showed up. I was doing a little research for 1,000 baggers over the last, you know, three or four decades. Kansas City Southern showed up. Uh, it's done. It's a special situation, right? Is it? They're I going, don't know. They're going through some module or something or the other. Okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah. looked into it. It's an up mojo arbitrage situation, I think. Hmm. Um, cool. This isn't a this isn't a 13F, but we got some documents out of uh, Phil Town a couple of weeks back um, for this exact same quarter. Did you guys want to talk through that a little bit? Sure. Do you have a um, do you have a link, perhaps? So I don't think of uh, digging. <laughs> or yeah, is, it all, a, is it all within I've, the? Uh, yeah, I've got a spreadsheet in front of me. That there, that's that works. Well. On. That works. Um, well. Oh, do you want me? Do you want me to share it? Yeah, go ahead. Hang if on. you're comfortable uh, revealing your spreadsheet, Ooh, it's it's uh, open. I think. Yeah, hang on. Uh, <clears throat> Phil Town stuff is always buried in weird. Has anyone cloned Phil Town recently or in the past? Whatever. Is it coming through? Probably some people in the comments. Yeah, I I have not. There it is. What a what a beauty! See this this yeah. is nice and tidy. Well done, Tom. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Well, thank Brad. I just plugged some new numbers in each quarter the last couple times around. Well Brad done, even Brad. fixed a formula that I that I forgot to fix this time around. So <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly Brad here. Um, yeah. So uh, actually, there's one other note. So. Filltown's got a massive chunk of cash here. There's actually yeah. an even, well, there's like money market funds that are listed here. Um, from time to time, in each quarterly filing, for some reason, there seems to be like a couple different types of filings that we get depending on time of year, which gives us more or less information. Um, and in this one, there's also there was also a section called like other assets listed, which um, I'm blanking on the maths off the top of my head, but I think that actually pushed his cash cash position to almost 50% from memory if you wow. if you include that so that's sort of just something to note as well but um yeah another one on the list of adding to Alibaba in Q3 anyway significant add yeah i, I liked what uh i liked what spear said recently about he said i'm fully invested i don't know what's going to happen in 2022 but i know the right thing to be is fully invested i was like wow that's a strong statement and then you've got Phil Town here, like half cash. So uh, I think yeah. he's been talking Phil to Town. Michael Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Town's been in cash since I've been investing. That's not exaggeration. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration at all. That's what he's been doing. <laughs> I, I do wonder as you know, inflation continues, and you know, the U.S. just rammed through another couple trillion more in spending. Um, if inflation is going to start pushing a lot of cash heavy people towards things like, you know, a Berkshire, even though that has a ton of cash within it, like with Lee Lu buying some of these kind of high quality companies, they're not going to necessarily have a ton of uh, returns, but you'd rather have that than leaving it in cash potentially if you're feeling the pressure of inflation. And I wonder if we're going to see more yeah. of that as yeah. time goes on. It, 
Yeah, it is worth noting that um, Phil Town's selling options to get a bit of kind of cash flow going on positions he presumably wants to buy, but and it's that's minor gonna, in the grand scheme of the portfolio. But but that's going to tie up a good bit of cash because um, you have to have 100 shares worth or whatever tied yeah. up as collateral. Yeah, and um, there's also some other stuff in here like his gold ETFs and Barrett Gold and iShares Silver Trust. I kind of view that as cash as well, like yeah. kind of knowing what Phil Town's investment strategy is. I think if the if the environment was appropriate in his mind, I think he would probably liquidate those to buy stocks as well. So that's probably like another, what, six or eight or so percent of the portfolio in cash yeah. as well. It's getting up there. Do you have any sense of what percentage of the cash he's using for these selling put options strategies and other options strategies where he's generating a return on the cash, mm-hmm. but not, yeah, not putting it into equity? Yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't know off the top of my head. I could probably pull that up uh, if you give me a few minutes. Because the yield is only going to be so <laughs> massive on that, you know, it's not going to be like amazing, spectacular returns. Because you're going to have to tie up a good bit of cash. Um, well, maybe, maybe he's yielding an extra one to two percent, maybe three percent. Well, average. I mean, you look at what Matt Peterson is doing selling puts. I mean, he's mm-hmm. doing quite well. Well, what sort of on average yield is he getting? Um, assuming like the option doesn't exercise. I don't know about average yield. He just talked about a few different scenarios, one with Seritage, and I think he was doing it with at least one or two others. But, you know, in the 20% he was generating per yeah, year, wow. I think. Yeah. Is that leveraged or is that just pure off of cash? No, some of the... Um... Uh, some of the option premiums on stocks he's buying is pretty bananas. Like Seritage is a good example. <laughs> um, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to change from holding to holding for sure, but I wouldn't imagine it'd be that that huge. So that's interesting. Yeah, Jack, you should watch his annual meeting. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> Jason said, no one is as convinced of their own rightness as people who talk option strategies. <laughs> That's, that's a true kind of, statement. Yeah. That's actually quite true. <laughs> I I really like the idea of selling puts. I just don't have enough like cash sitting around to justify it. Um, but if you're looking at like supplement returns or you have a large cash pile, like in a filled down situation, it seems just it makes a whole lot of sense if you have um, a number of targets at various prices below where they're at now, and it can be a nice way to generate some yield in the meantime compared to just you know, letting something sit in treasuries yielding nothing, uh, you can get something there. It makes a lot of sense for value investors, I would say, in in our sense of the word value investing. All right, gents, I have found the options portfolio. Ooh. Hurrah! Um, right here we go. I think it's that one. You got that, Jack. Baba at 105. <laughs> that can't be yielding that much. Let's see. So how to read this. Uh, that could be yielding a decent amount, I would think. I mean, people are scared. People are scared. Baba's just going to crash and burn. Well, let me pull out a calculator. So if you, 105 at two, 200 times 100, that would tie up about 2 million in cash for the to tie right. up in 
Um, well, those they, that's yeah, the right notional there. amounts mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of these are quite short term. So, I mean, all this was uh, data for the fund as of the end of September, and every single options contract here expired in October. So within a month, um, yeah, yeah, they're fairly short term contracts. Like by the time we got this info, um, that all expired. So. Has everyone gotten into trading? Is that is that what's happening? Like <laughs> <laughs> selling puts on the index. That's kind of weird. That's not what I would expect. I mean, he's been doing this uh, for for decades. I feel like with the with the selling puts. Yeah, it's not that it's invalid. It's just it's kind of weird given what I would have expected. I would expect him to. You know, he has uh, what's another holding? Uh, Sturm Ruger. Like I feel like he'd have some sort of target price below where it's at now, and that's one of the options he's selling, or any of his other holdings. Um, it seems weird that it would, he'd do it on the index. I think that's often how he's doing it. Um, there's there's some other strategy around the index which. I don't understand, but there's a bunch of comments on my video of people that do understand it quite well. It's a shameless plug. Super chat. <laughs> oh, super chat. Here's two dollars. I'll make more doing this than options. Selling options, though, if you have the cash, you're not going to lose. Uh, although you, I guess you could if you uh, ride something down. That'd be when you sell puts. The only way you're going to lose, assuming you want to buy the stock, is if it goes way down past that buy price. But you wanted to buy the stock at that price anyway, so. You know, you would have lost yeah. anyways. <laughs> it's not like the yeah, option the, did it. Yeah, the real risk to selling puts is um, the price never. Well, assuming that you're selling puts on stocks that you want to own at that price, the real risk is that you never get put the shares and the, yeah, the stock takes off. Right? Bought it. Yeah, it's yeah. opportunity cost. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Matt Matt Peterson had that experience with Costco uh, a year or two ago. Um, he wrote puts on it. You know, got some reasonable kind of IRRs from that, but never got put the shares in it. Just took well, off. Well, it, it depends on why you're doing it. If you're doing it because that's really your target price, then great. If you're doing it just because you're like too greedy, yeah, that's going to hurt. But that's the same as if you just didn't pull the trigger with pure cash, no options. It's the same mm-hmm. sort of dilemma. But yeah, you should, definitely shouldn't be mistaken as like a replacement for the whole portfolio. Yeah. Unless you really want to go crazy with options. Unless you're Michael Barry. Yeah. And then, and then he's doing like long options. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Did you guys catch uh, the small buy from Greg Alexander? It's like a 600 million market cap company. RMNI. Rimini Street. Rimini Street. Let's see here. 600 million market cap. Remini Software provides enterprise software products, services, and support for various industries. How vague. The company offers software support services for Oracle and SAP enterprise software products. Okay. So it's like software for software. It sells its solutions primarily in many continents and was founded in 2005. It's kind of a vague description well you got to remember jack monopolies don't want you to know that they're monopolies <laughs> is it really a monopoly how much, <laughs> how much? it how was much did he buy? it's it was the only new buy in the quarter for him uh it, it's less than a percent 
of the fund. But given how big the fund is, I don't know how much more he would have been able to buy into it given it's such a small market cap. I just think it's interesting when you see, you know, a billion plus fund buy into a, a small cap. Mm. But yeah, I haven't dug into it. Pretty nice cash flow. A lot of dilution. That's yeah. that's no good. That'll uh, cancel out your cash flow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you got? Total shares outstanding. Oh yeah. Oh my. They're diluting more than their revenues growing, or about yeah, really. the same. That's it. That's severe dilution over just a couple of years. <laughs> Here's your oh, whoopsie. Uh, the green bar is shares outstanding. <laughs> it's just all nice and up. Yeah, good compound growth rate. <laughs> good compound <laughs> growth rate of shares. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder what drew him to it. We should get him on the get him on the show. That's yeah, what we, we should. should do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of those guys like Greg Alexander's one and uh, Norbert Lou. Like they're so so private i don't think i've ever seen a photo of those two i don't even know what they look like let alone (laughs) find an interview with them yeah well uh norbert did do the interview with um forget who it was it was like eight years ago or something something, yeah Yeah, something like that That i don't know if he had actually yeah it's a really good interview yeah but not greg alexander i've never heard a peep from him Take some questions, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should. We're getting close to the hour. Any uh, any thirteen Fs we missed that we should take a look at, or just not? Uh, what, what do you guys What, what do you guys want to know? <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to maybe shed some color, get a conversation going. Um, let me take a look at some of our older comments and questions. There was a question earlier whether or not anyone has tracked Phil Town's performance. I don't know if that number is public anywhere, but I'd be curious about that too. Might have to go back and manufacture it. Yeah. Does anyone you know, know, like, has he talked about it anywhere? I asked someone to, I challenged someone to do that. Who was it? Who's the guy who's always, I think he did uh, something for you, Karan, where he was challenging Jesse. So Jesse put out a video where he <laughs> immediately knows who it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jesse put out a video where he tried to estimate Phil Towns returns. So that might be worth looking at. Jesse's the return man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to report your returns like 0.1% out. Jesse will be on to you. He, he, he will latch on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you can you can track the returns in the Rule 1 fund and the annual report, but the fund's like a year and a half old, so that's not particularly helpful. Yeah, yeah. true. And with so much cash drag and... Yeah, there was a comment just then, yeah, about the cash just then just come up. I can't imagine it's been great with 40% or whatever it is in cash. And let's say he's making, I don't know, on average three, we'll say 5% on the options. But if they're way out of the money like that, I don't, I don't know, um, three to 5%, we'll say that's, you know, that's not going to be, that's not going to be killer. What's his fee structure like? Does anyone know? 
Is it two percent or does he take? I think it's two. Uh, it's probably whatever the option yields are. <laughs> That's the fees. <laughs> um, yeah, it's in, it's in their annual report. You can look it up on the SEC filing. I think I remember seeing two. Two and twenty. That's expensive to uh, have a lot of money parked in cash. <laughs> John says he likes your shirt, Frank. The chili Everyone peppers. Today, the chilies. Nice. Greatest band of all time. Play us a song. <laughs> you play the song. No, no, no. We can't get, we can't get copyright. Pick that right. up. <laughs> it's probably, it's probably yeah, true. And that one just sits there. That's the old one. See, it's going to flag us for copyright. It's like, wow, <laughs> yeah. this sounds so on point. <laughs> Karan, show us your shirt, a.k.a. Brad shirt. Guys, if anyone wants to look at Brad's merch store, just where's it here? Ayo. Compound. Wow, getting some airtime. Look at this. That is that is a merch exclusive. Brad, how's your merch store doing? Brad. <laughs> Yeah, how, has, uh, it, how have your merch adventures gone, guys? Yeah, you it, both have merch. How, how has it gone? It's uh, a little slow. <laughs> Mer- merch is a it's a hard game. Low margin. Um, you just need like tons of volume. We were talking about it like sauce the other the other time, and it's the same sort of problem. You got to sell a lot of product. Brad, you, you should you should do something? some sort of. Who what says should what? I do? <laughs> Tom, Don't go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say um, you should do some sort of um, some sort of like go into compound town um, design. I'd rock that. <laughs> That's actually awesome. I'm going to clone that. Or hey, yeah. what's up, stock compounders? Like on a shirt. Jack. <laughs> oh, okay. Or Brad check, Bar and check. have the nutritional information for the Brad Oh, bar. wow. Okay, we're getting out of hand here. Uh, <laughs> That's hey, actually hey Jack, excellent. That's Jack, Jason check, on that. Jack, check the private chat. I sent a picture of Greg Alexander. It was the only one I was able to find. Oh, I thought oh, you were going to wow. say a picture of him like with your shirt on or something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really uh, Greg Alexander? I, I imagined him being much older. I mean, I don't know when. Well, let's see. When is this from? Can't be that old. That's a charming outfit. It's like 1990 HD. <laughs> Color. I don't believe it. I'm skeptical. No, I think I think it might be fairly recent, guys. 2021 article. Article where? Uh, Forbes. Oh, Forbes. Yeah, I see yeah. Forbes. All right. So there he is. Allegedly, there's we'll, no we'll hiding. That is. We'll take that into evidence. Thank you, attorney. <laughs> yeah. Um, after dinner, investor, I think it was asked about Rob Vinal's 13F. He doesn't yeah. have a 13F, but um, he bought Alibaba as well. I'm assuming that was this quarter. His most recent letter, I don't know, I feel like I read it a couple of months ago now. Um, his most recent purchases were Alibaba and Salesforce was the other one. So. Yeah, he does like half-year letters, so... We won't see another one from him until January. Afternoon investor also mentioned Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Having a lot of insider buying. 
that, hmm. that, that seems like a, that crying. seems like a, that seems like an after dinner investor sort of stock. <laughs> Half fusion donuts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I sent Jason a picture of one of my half-eaten pizzas the other day, but he wasn't that keen on it. I thought that was his <laughs> Brad, uh, Brad, I'm just reading through this article, and it's talking about Greg Alexander as some sort of CEO rather than investment manager. Uh-oh. I feel like we might have the wrong Greg Alexander. Oh. <laughs> yeah, as Manu says, Greg Alexander is a common name. He likely is a Greg Alexander. You're right. <laughs> He's one You're right. He this might is, be one. Is, we we got him CEO. some CEO. Free CEO airtime. Greg Alexander, that's not the one. Yeah. Free <clears> airtime. <throat> okay. I feel like we, we, we were close there, though. We were close. We're <laughs> sniffing. We're sniffing the trail. It was a hot yeah. lead. It was. <laughs> what else we got? Let's see. Fundsmith. What, what is wrong with cash when nothing else, when there's nothing to buy? You, well, first off, I'd always disagree that there's nothing to buy. It just depends on like what your uh, required return is that will determine that. Uh, even with inflation, just don't buy stuff you don't need. Be frugal. So I think Karan and I are more in this camp, but we're not gonna we're not gonna resurface an old. Uh... <laughs> we want, we, we said, more we see that opposite end of the spectrum there. <laughs> yeah. This is where like the punch card. True gets like split into two. There's there's a rift. There's a rift here. We're not gonna yeah. poke that uh, that sleeping bear. Um, <laughs> Karan likes to let his punch card get get some dust on it, whereas um, Frank's just behind all the time, right? There's no point holding cash. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm even more active to a fault. <laughs> Our, our my my punch card has like a hundred punches in it. I'm trying to put the holes back in. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. That's, that's, that's 20 tough now? to do. Twenty, twenty-one. Yeah, not, 20. Yeah, wait, let me uh, let me pull it up. My oh, weekly boy. update. <laughs> oh, here we go. What I'm what it's I'm so down colorful. To. It's like. <laughs> see, it's definitely more tidy though. You should make a lollipop that looks like your portfolio, Jack. <laughs> yeah, get I, all I, those. Actually, Get all those different flavors in there. Yeah. Mm. Before it was Put that uh, on a t shirt. What, 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 what was it last? They can make a donut. <laughs> yeah, make a donut. Oopsie. Uh, I think what was it last time on last week? Like 20? Up, upper twenties. Hundred and six or something. Maybe, yeah, no, that was like a year ago. <laughs> uh, here we are. Here we go. We're down to uh what is this? 21. Jack, I noticed you're not using ShareSite to track your portfolio. This is for my net worth series. That's why it's embarrassing. Look at all the, look at all the tabs (laughs) at the bottom. This is, this is a multi-purpose, but you're right. ShareSite would be good for this stock portfolio. And I'm actually considering doing something like that. Would you like to uh, talk about ShareSite? Well, if you wanted to get a bit of a discount, you could get four months for free using our link down below in the description. Do you know what the URL Sharesart.com, is? Sharesart.com forward slash punch card investing. And you can check Actually out our portfolio. Actually, don't know. Is that it? Yeah. And you can check out our, <laughs> cool. uh, you can check out our um, punch card portfolio that we launched a couple weeks back <clears throat> where we each picked a holding and we will see how it does. If we decide to how add a holding to that, say, say again, Craig. How's the portfolio doing? I haven't, I haven't checked. Yeah, oh, yeah, terrible. Some, 
Someone's pick is carrying. I won't say who's. <laughs> oh, <laughs> last wow. we checked, it was definitely that way. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, it's gone I'm, up I'm, even more since then. Too. Yeah, ba- Baba's probably not doing yeah, too hard. I'm after always today. on the portfolio right now. <laughs> <laughs> ba- ba- poor we Baba. We should send Brett Kelly a thank you letter. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your three-week stock performance. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Long-term investment. <laughs> Here we go. Do I we, think Kelly Partners is back over four dollars. Do we vote to kick Baba off this episode? Or yeah, are we, are we harvest the tax loss. Uh, get off go. the grass, Brett. <laughs> the only one who's up <laughs> is Frank. <laughs> We're all down. <laughs> yeah, if you, uh, yeah, but you just. Uh, if you just uh, where it says grouping by market in that right hand menu, Jack, if you just say don't group top right, does it like drop down menu? The drop down grouping by market. Oh, yeah, just go do not group. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's tidier. And then there's a another button that you can click um, to do by percentage. It says show, showing monetary gains. Click on percentage. Yeah, yeah flick that over. Yeah, that's better. Sweet. I've already lost us thirty thousand dollars, guys. How's it make uh, you feel? Yeah, Kelly Partners has even <laughs> thrown off dividends for us already. It's doing everything it can yeah. to prop the portfolio. <laughs> it's got a three percent currency loss, and I'm still got a seven percent gain on that one. That's short term is always nuts. <laughs> stocks only go up in Australia. Yeah, currency goes down, stocks go the up. Per cap, boy. Yeah. So someone asked about Fundsmith. Jack, do you want to pull up Fundsmith and ticker? Uh, sure. There is one significant recent move. Anyone know what it is? What were we talking about, sir? Funds, uh, Fundsmith. A Fundsmith. Define Anyone? significant? Do tell. Um, like uh, more than 2% change in the portfolio. Oh, um. Oh, he added Amazon. Yes. Which is interesting, interesting. because oh, I, I think it was, I think it was the 2021 here. annual meeting where he was like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in Amazon unless they spin off AWS." And and then, of course, a few months later, he goes and buys Amazon. So hmm. hopefully, he'll talk about that at some point. It's that's a. It seems like a pretty expensive one. Um, yeah, but he doesn't mind paying up for, yeah, for great that's, businesses. That's yeah. part of his thesis. Right. I thought he was more limited to like, you know, they got to be around for forever. Amazon's relatively young compared to some of the names in here. I think it's more how dominant is it? Has yeah. it already won in its industry? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you know um, what what's um, Fundsmith's philosophy on selling, or do they just not sell? Uh, they're not he's very good pretty, at it. He's a like a coffee can type guy. He yeah. does talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't know if it I don't know if it registers in here, but um, <clears throat> they own the Australian listed version of Domino's Pizza, and that has had some eye watering valuations on it. The and, Australian um, version or the UK version? No, well, they've definitely got the Australian version. They may have oh. others. Um, uh, what yeah, is it? It's 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 DMP on the ASX. If you want to look at the stock, 
that they might know, not be big enough to have a filing. Do you know mm. when they bought, Tom? <clears throat> not off the top of my head. Uh, M for Mary. DMP. Oh, M. Yeah. Yeah, Domino's duh. There you go. Um, oh, it's come back slightly, but um, yeah, this suck is expensive if you go to <laughs> valuation, I suppose. Or... Let's take a look at uh, ratios, I suppose. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I think they, when they open a new store, they, I don't know, it's probably at the top there, but they have roughly like a 10% return on capital or 10% return on assets, I suppose, but they leverage mm-hmm. it up a lot. They do borrow some money to juice that somewhat. Let's do a cash flow is pretty but strong, it, three, 300 yeah, million. It's, it's been a beast. If you look at like the 20-year growth in earnings or cash flows or something, get it. It'll yeah. be very impressive, but um, cash from operations. Woo! Trading at about sixty times earnings at the moment. That's a uh, that's pretty expensive for the size. Yeah, and it, I think it was higher than that. It was like one hundred and fifty bucks a share not long ago. Because I was staring at it, having sold Domino's Pizza. This was one of my early, like, not knowing what I was doing investments. Mm-hmm. I bought mm-hmm. it at like forty forty six dollars a share. I want to say. And now you're um, a genius. <laughs> no, I I sold it way too early because I was like, "What am I doing with this thing?" Um, hey, gains are gains, bro. Yeah. KK investing super chat. Super chat. Paid for this by selling a put option. That's the way. <laughs> Hide up a bit of cash okay. in the meantime, but okay, or, or margin, <laughs> however you want to roll. <laughs> Appreciate it, KK. Mm-hmm. Should we take a look at? Um, do you want to take a look at Krispy Kreme? Jason is Yeah, let's here. look at Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme has actually recently expanded to New Zealand within sort of the past two years. Um, wow. I don't know. Do you, I don't know what it's like in Australia, Frank, but they're in all the BP service stations around the country. Is it the same in Australia? Same thing. We have like 7-Elevens. Um, yeah. It's one of the only places. And one other service station I think you can get them from. And in my hometown... Yeah. We've got about 70,000 people here and there's no way you can get Krispy Kreme. So people have these little side businesses where they travel <laughs> to a capital yeah. city and bring back Krispy Kremes to sell. Crazy. Wow. Wait, so yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It, in, the, in the States, they have, um, uh, they like, they'll fry them in front of you and like they show you the whole like manufacturing process of the donut. It's kind of uh, cool. Do they do that at all? Um, well, you, no. You don't, you don't get that where I live. Get fire donuts. You get what? That's the only way. Five-day-old donuts tra- traveling <laughs> yeah. from shipped another, in another town. Shipped you in know, from in, California. In, in New Zealand, you walk into a BP, like, petrol station, and um, there's, like, you know, like, bathroom in that direction, drinks, a few snacks and whatever, counter, and then, like, one entire wall, like, a quarter of every BP just about <laughs> New Zealand is, like, all Krispy Kreme. But if it's like all pre-packaged, no one's like serving it. It's it's just like no, no one's serving it. They've just got like racks of um that's interesting. like all different flavored donuts and the little Krispy Kreme boxes, like you know, folded yeah. up, stacked yeah. up together. In, in the US, it's more about like the experience. It's more like a proper restaurant. Like you go in right. and and they like make them there fresh. They they had it when they first died once. Now they're kind of back from the dead. Um, they way over expanded they just like made as many stores as they possibly could over like a decade um and just mm-hmm. over leveraged themselves did they die in 2017 is that why i don't see any revenue yeah I, I think they i forget if they i don't think they went bankrupt but i think they took it private again or something mm-hmm. like that someone bought them out 
and then they went public again very recently to come back from the dead, I suppose. Uh, I, I forget good, if it was bankruptcy or not. But, they're uh, showing good growth over the last three years yeah. or so. <laughs> they're back at it. Fool, fool me twice, I suppose, as long as I don't yeah. uh, make the same mistakes twice. Um, yeah, um, I see what I see what Jason's talking about here with the insider buying. I'll just. Um, Are you want to share, share it, Tom? So I might yeah. the ticker page. Who's buying? Everyone. Oh my gosh! Yeah, some pretty serious amounts in there, like three million, three million, three million, two million. The CEO, that was a 1% ad at 3 million. Uh, That's 550,000, that one. Okay. I don't know what jab indulgence BV is. Large shareholder, I guess. 10% owner. Yeah. I wonder if that, I I don't know if that was the one, if they did, if I'm right about them going private, I forget if that's what actually happened. Maybe that was one of the firms. I have no idea. Mm. <clears throat> like Interesting. a subsidiary or something. They're still uh, losing money, though. At least over the last 12 months. Should we have a vote in the next live stream to include Krispy Kreme? <laughs> Krispy Kreme. Oh, <laughs> I can no. vote a quick no right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's a no. It's a no. <laughs> as much as I'd love to have it, that would be hilarious. But no. <laughs> So if so if me, Brad and Karan all say yes, then uh, we've got a vote happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like to buy some actual Krispy Kremes, but just not the stock. Yeah. That's some Peter Lynch market research, you know, like go yeah. and you gotta try the product, yeah. Oh he was in Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, right? yeah. Is uh Frank, you're our bonsai guy. Has has the new bonsai letter come out? I think he stopped sharing them publicly, didn't he? I haven't been looking. Mm. It says in the comments uh, he put one out, but I haven't ah, seen interesting. it. interesting. Yeah. I'll have to go hunting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that one up. I thought in the last letter he mentioned that he was going to stop making them public and only share them to actual investors, so I didn't think we'd be able to read them. Yeah. I might be wrong there. Shall we get uh, one more question, perhaps? Let's do it. Mm. Pick your best one. Someone says they bought Rivian to the moon. <laughs> I just went to try to get to Bonsai's letters and it asks us for a password. So, I, uh, never mind. Just try the standard, like Warren. One, two, Charlie, one, two three, four. Charlie, one, two, three. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> Punch card investing. Imagine if that was the password. Oh, after dinner investor mentioned, we didn't look at Buffett's 13F because it, uh, I don't want to yeah. say it was uninspiring, but there wasn't a whole lot. But it was, yeah. <laughs> Not much action. We'll take a quick look, I suppose, just for uh, formality's sake. <laughs> just quickly, SC asked me about AFL, which is a position I own. Probably three times throughout the chat, I've seen it pop up. So um, I've got a video coming out in the next few days, um, and I will update completely about AFL. So either tomorrow or the next day, there'll be a video out. Let's see. Stay tuned. 
I don't know what that is, Frank. Does it have anything to do with Aussie rules or not? <laughs> no, Aussie rules Unrelated. is AFL. That's that's what they're called. But no, this is Australian Family Lawyers. Is what it gotcha. stands for. Mm. Here's uh, Berkshire. Little little moves here and there. Mm. Interesting that he trimmed Visa and Mastercard. He's had those yeah. for a while. Yeah, it's a little surprising. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have enough cash. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and then not to keep buying buying his own stock at that rate. Mm. Berkshire's, Berkshire's cheaper, I'd say. So. <laughs> um, there was this little uh, like furniture company that was that I might take a look at that's way down the bottom end of the portfolio somewhere. I'm, I'm guessing it's a Ted and Todd stock. It's probably on the next page, I'm guessing. Oh, uh, yeah. Was it FLR or something? Floor, uh, floor yeah, and Decor. Floor and Decor. decor. Hold, yeah. Hold uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, this one. So, what, $100 million position? Is that what that says? Take your time. Um, to, yeah, give it to us, Frank. <laughs> multi-channel specialty retailer of hard surface yeah. flooring and related accessories. Hey, it reminds me of um, uh, Victoria, the one you're looking at a while back, Frank. Victoria PLC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to me just because I know either Ted or Todd knows, I guess, roughly this industry pretty well. Um, they had like a 7 or 8X and an RH restoration hardware last year. Um mm. That's probably worth a look. I imagine something tells me it's Ted. Could be Todd. I don't know, but uh, probably worth taking. Or not enough short interest. Need more moon potential. Go mm, <laughs> rounds out. That's a huge a fourteen billion dollar business for flooring. Seems pretty big. What is uh? Yeah. What's going on here? I wonder what their market share looks like Four- in the US. Fourteen billion, and they're bringing in. We'll call it. What a hundred twenty to two hundred and cash flow over year to two hundred uh, million. That's pretty. That seems like a premium. I don't know how much. Can you click on valuation at the top for a second, Jack? Yeah. Yeah. So they're definitely expensive compared to like a Victoria or other flooring businesses, but yeah. Assuming that their model's similar, like that's without even really knowing what this business does exactly. Yeah, true. It sounds like they're more direct retail. Yeah. Um, while we're on the Ted and Todd topic, have you guys seen Ted Weschler's investment in Dillard's? Dillard's? How oh, would you say that? that's crazy. The $15 yeah, special dividend. That honestly insane. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what happened? So... Uh, I shared a tweet. Maybe pull that up, um, Jack, if you've got that there. That's got the details with like how many shares he bought. I think he bought it $25 a share and they're about to pay him a $15 a share special dividend a year later. Um, and it's up like 12x, right? Yeah, I think he's turned $40 million, This is personally, I'm pretty sure, outside of Berkshire. He's turned $40 million into $400 million in that stock. Damn. Plus they're about to pay him, what, like – half his money back or more. He's about to get 20, 20 million back probably. Um, yeah, that one. Yeah, so bought a million shares at 40. Now it's 375 and they're going to pay him 15. Crazy. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> that stock, wow. that the stock chart looks like a meme stock. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like a, a year, uh, just just over a year ago, like barely over a year ago. Yeah. Crazy. What happened? Why was? Yeah, really. What's the reason? Uh, Anyone know? Don't know. Don't know the details. I'll take a look at some data real quick. It's see if there's anything. <laughs> Presumably, they suddenly started making lots of money, but I don't know the drivers. <laughs> well, let's check short interest first. <laughs> when, when did he, when did he buy? Uh, like, oh, did it say on that tweet? Maybe like April last year or uh, something. It said October, okay. October twenty twenty oh, last year. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. So he bought back here ish. Yeah, it really has taken off in the last quarter. Give us that all-time stock chart, Jack, because it looks insane. It looks like a popular short (laughs) stock, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Check the short interest to see what they got. Seven percent, significant. (laughs) Uh, What are the ribs done? I have it in quarterly to see if there was like a specific quarter in the last year. Ooh, started growing at like 60% a year. Yeah. Wild. Hmm. Well, that's one to add to the list of people to clone anyway, guys. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we we very <laughs> occasionally get a personal file in from Tittle Todd, so it is actually one to probably keep an eye on. All right. And he's, yeah. you know, compounded his IRA at 30% a year for three decades or something stupid. Ta- tax-free now. Yeah. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up? What was that? Where's that noise coming from? Pretty loud all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that said, <laughs> with that um, car honk, um, nothing to add. Guess we'll uh, we'll revisit 13F season in three months' time. See if there's any any action over the winter months and see what happens. Um, but otherwise, if you guys like this video, please smash that like button. We very much appreciate it. It helps the channel out a lot. Check out the um, oh, I, I guess. Since we're getting towards the end of, of November, let's talk about Movember real quick. Tom, I know you're running your your team uh, that um, Brad, you're a part of as well um, in uh, for raising money for Movember. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll let you pitch it if you'd like, Tom. Since uh, uh, do more, yeah, eloquently. sure. Yeah, I'm looking for um, I'm looking forward to Brad carving out carving a mo out of that facial here at some point soon. There's some so, seeds. I, there's some seeds up yeah. here. We got to get rid of some excess from around these areas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we need some time. Uh, yeah, I will yeah, manscape. So got... I will manscape. There you go. Um, yeah. So Movember Movember Foundation raises money for men's mental health, suicide prevention, and uh, some of the men's cancers as well. So we've got a thirteen strong person, I think it is. A few finance YouTubers, team margin of safety, and uh, I think we just ticked over three thousand dollars raised for the month so far. So. Wow. It was a nice little milestone. Is that double and, what you uh, got last year? Uh, I think I did nineteen hundred ish. So not quite. Uh, we gotta get. Year. We gotta get them there. We gotta get them over double yeah. at least. Yeah. Last week we pulled a Kathy Wood because our original price target and there was two thousand, and so we bumped it to four thousand after we went through that. Just keep. keep <laughs> <raising it. laughs> so yeah, 
so yeah if you if you want to donate at all um i think you should be able to even just google movember margin of shave tea um or the link or the link is in all of my recent videos uh, in the description as well so uh, any support is much appreciated and we've got a couple more uh, weekend live streams on my channel with um, brad and a few of the others as well there it is november margin of shave and, and kudos to quran for the incredible name suggestion yes that was all yeah. quran it, it was an instant winner. We were trying to think of names. Kron just swings in one and done. Like, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was waiting for the fat pitch and he got He was. It. I threw, yeah, I threw was... out like four or five and then Kron just comes in. I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Easy it was much like It was much like Kron's journey to financial freedom. Just one big swing and yeah, I'm all done. <laughs> See you guys one later. One big rocket ship. All you need is one, yeah. dude. <laughs> You don't Absolutely. Go Lay a few seeds and then uh, the rest die. One takes off, you're good. <laughs> it's all just got to get rich once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. With that said, check out Margin of Shafety. Support a good cause. Let's get Tom over 4000 and then he'll re-raise the price target circa ARC. And uh, we'll, we'll keep going from there. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. So don't miss next week's episode and the many episodes we'll have after that. We're over we're at 31 episodes, guys. 31 weeks of this we've been doing. We're, we're almost at a year. I mean, we got some time to go, but we're, we're getting there once we get to 52. So that'll be uh, that'll be something. Um, or, sorry, Are we going to do some sort of Christmas special? Yeah, should Are we? we going to have a break? <laughs> what, uh, Where we got? Is that, did we fall it's, on it? It's going to be the it's going to be Boxing Day, your guys' time, 27th, our time. I'm yeah. going to be out for that for sure. Yeah, it's a yeah, t- yeah 24th for us to be 25th for you. Uh, mm. That'd be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, if, if we if we do have a live stream, I may join from a boat, but um, that's a <laughs> boat, <laughs> Christmas boat. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we're we're rolling into summer, Jack. You just said we we might get more 13 ifs this winter. Yeah, I know. I, I thought here. of that as I said it. I'm like, it's winter here. <laughs> It, it's it's super cold now and it sucks we we got some flurries the other day and it's very upsetting here in chicago but oh well, well you guys it are welcome every to year. fly over here for um if you want to skip one for your boat party your christmas boat party <laughs> yeah all righty that's that's enough for this one see everyone next time Perfect.